the pricey coffee would include Thrasher Coffee as well as Starbucks. Mm-hmm. No, they're they're different people. We're yeah. not suggesting that you go and buy all your beans from Starbucks. We're suggesting that you find a decent craft roaster like Blue Bottle or Mista Box or CraftCoffee.com. You'll notice a difference because these are small lot beans. Yeah. And a lot more thought and observation went into these beans than the ones available from Seattle's Best or Starbucks. Welcome to episode 73 of Top Brew. I'm Joe Darnell, and with me is the coffee roaster champion of Dallas, Georgia, Mr. Eric Rauch. Good afternoon, Joe. Hi there, Eric. How are you doing? You sound like we're doing episode 73 in robot language. Are we? Because I, well, I threw myself off because I started with the number, not the name. I oh, usually okay. say, welcome to Top Brew. I thought I was just going to follow your lead. And- See, the uh, what we're drinking today has already gone to my head. <laughs> I've only stepped on it twice. Friends, we are trying some coffee stouts, just like not you just, promised. Yeah, not just any. I mean, these are, these are actually milk stouts. They're left-hand brewing out of Longmont, Colorado. It's insane. It's amazing. Yeah, okay, it's, so it's definitely one of my favorites. The two are similar because one is nitro and one is not, and both of them are called milk stout by yeah, left I believe, brewing co. I believe they're the same. They're the same beer. It's just one has nitro infused into it and the other doesn't. Okay, so I've had a few of the coffee stouts before, and I've had some nitros before, but as far as a craft beer goes, this is excellent. You could find it at a variety of bottle shops that will supply craft beers. Mm-hmm. And it's not unique to my part of town. This happened to be available in the local shop. And they, it was the first one they recommended. So I thought that I should give oh, some yeah. a try. I picked it up. The bottle label on the milk stout is purple. I like that. The cow with handprints all over it kind of reminds me of the Chick-fil-A cows. So that's nice. Yeah. Crack open the bottle and um, it just smells great. This is, I mean, like I'm not really a beer guy. And I don't really do sweet drinks, but this is like the best combination of hints of coffee, a tasty craft beer, and a little hint of sweetness. So you could call it a dessert beer, but I would say it doesn't have to be. Yeah, and a milk stout is brewed with lactose, so it's going to be that they're they're going to be creamier than than your your regular stout. They're going to be a little bit thicker and and a little bit. I mean, I guess there's no other way to say it, but a little bit creamier. It'll just be softer on your tongue, feel a little bit more velvety. Um, and between the milk stout regular and the milk stout nitro, the nitro is even smoother. Yet it's 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 less carbonated on your tongue, but it just it just feels. I mean, the mouthfeel of it is amazing. It smells good. Not to mention the taste, as Joe has already pointed out. It's it's just go out and try some. It's very easy to drink these. It really is. And it doesn't really remind me of coffee in a harsh way. It is complementary to the flavor palette. Yeah, and again, this isn't this isn't a this isn't a coffee stout. This is a milk stout. So it But says, it has coffee, right? I, I don't Am I way off base? Well, roasted malt and coffee notes build the foundation of this creamy sweet stout. So I Did think, I totally miss? Yeah, I don't I don't think this is actually brewed with coffee. Um I just think it has a a coffee just like all stouts do. It has a has a a coffee-esque flavor. Well, there's a lot of that like grains and nuts quality to a lot of beers. And obviously that's what you get out of coffees as well. Yeah. But this is an exceptional way to start off our, um, if this is going to be a recurring thing, 
We'll because, just keep on getting beers yeah, that have yeah. nothing to do with coffee until we get some for sure with yeah. coffee. But there, there are coffee stouts out this there. This show is going to get a whole lot more interesting, people. Yes, it is. Starting in about 25 minutes. <sighs> so I, I approve of both, even though I, I was sold on the idea that these had coffee in them. It shows you how much I know about craft beer. I know my coffee's a lot better. Drinking them out of the bottle, straight out of the bottle, I prefer the nitros. I mean, the milk stout just kind of fizzes up in your mouth. The non-nitro one, still amazing, but... Maybe because I do enjoy club soda so much, I drink it every afternoon. I'm actually favoring the milk stout. The one without nitro. I mean, they're but both, both they're are both great. great. Yeah, they're both great. So fantastic. We'll have links to these in the show notes. If you want to try a beer that has the suggestion of coffee but is actually missing it, then pick these up. And we'll talk about some that actually have coffee some other time. Yeah. Yes, we will. <laughs> so in the outline, uh, actual news and topics about coffee, Eric, we have two things I wanted to discuss with you. They relate to some of the topics, the important things that we talk about on Top Brew in the past. So the first of all being that the study suggests you can blame your coffee habits on your parents. So Amongst everything else. We already blame our parents for everything, sure. virtually yeah. everything, yeah. except our taste in video games, right? <laughs> I Would guess. You, before you even read the article, what do you think it might be suggesting? Do you think this has to do with genetics? Do you think this has to do with habits and personality traits? I mean, off the just based on that title, I would assume it has something to do with what your the coffee that your parents brewed at home and and the smells and the and maybe the taste that you associate with coffee you, during your formative years. You've you've identified that this is coffee because this is what what I what mom and dad have. But but yeah. Yeah, I really don't have fond memories about Folgers. <laughs> so is that what the article's about? No, this is what my parents had growing up. So okay. uh, if I if it had to do with like, oh, my mom and dad, they used to curl up on the couch with a nice cup of Maxwell House. <laughs> That's not going to happen for me. It doesn't do it for yeah, me. And so I'm not even really so much saying that. I'm just saying right. what what you what you associate with coffee. You know, this is yes. you, you know when I would have a, a a sip or two of of mom and dad's cup at home. That that defined coffee for me. So everything that sort of tastes like that is coffee. Everything that th- that doesn't taste like that is some other drink. Mm-hmm. I actually think that this article is completely wrong. Okay, and here's why. Here is the point of the article, and I actually saw all this crop up in the news at the same time. All the news reporters were talking about this new study. A team of European scientists have discovered a gene called PD. SS2, that controls how well your body can metabolize caffeine, according to a paper published in the journal Nature on Thursday. The gene can allow caffeine into your bloodstream quickly and allow it to linger there for a fair amount of time, providing that coffee buzz even as you're still finishing up number one. Depending on the makeup of that gene, it can also slow it can also slow the amount of caffeine it allows into your bloodstream, thus the I haven't had enough coffee yet excuse. Our results highlight a novel gene which regulates coffee consumption by regulating the expression of the genes linked to caffeine metabolism. Okay, I just don't believe this. I don't buy this idea. Your personal preferences for coffee dictated by how well your body breaks down caffeine. I just don't buy it because... What does that have to do with your parents? Okay, so the idea is that you inherited your genes from your parents. How they break down caffeine is how you break down caffeine. And what does that have to do with your preference for coffee? 
So if your parents' genes were good at metabolizing caffeine, it'll influence your taste. I, see, I thought this was about oh, coffee habits. I thought it was about what, what, you, what coffee you choose to drink. No, no, but it's whether you choose to drink it or right, not. Right, see, that's the t- that's the point. Is I was really annoyed by all the headlines that said something to the effect of this, like you can blame your coffee habits on your parents. Study suggests you think okay. it's going to have to do with their tastes. It's going to have to do with you know social experience. So, but saying nothing about that, it's saying about the fact whether you drink coffee and how much or 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 not. Right, okay. but it's all based on whether or not your body metabolizes caffeine very well. So here's my thinking. I don't think that your taste in caffeine is dictated by how well you experience caffeine. Now, maybe you drink coffee because you want the caffeine, but it's not because of the caffeine that you enjoy it or that you drink more of it. You develop an addiction. You develop a habit. It's part of your routine. It has a lot to do with whether or not it's available, whether or not it's actually gross, it's fresh, how much effort it's going to take to make another pot. There's a variety of of things that bear on whether or not you're interested in another cup of coffee right now or for the foreseeable future. How easily accessible is it? Does it go with your routine? So like, do you live in New York and walk the streets of New York and every day you make a trip by Starbucks? I think that your choice in coffee has more to do with the culture there that is immediate to you. And then secondarily factors like how whether, how whether your body can handle caffeine. And this is this is just me me asking. I don't know if it's been it's been proven. I mean, I mean, I I know between people that 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 I've talked to in my life, there is differences in how people at least how they think caffeine affects them. You know, some people will say, if I drink a cup of coffee after three o'clock in the afternoon, I can't go to sleep that night. Um, I mean, I, I I don't have that at all. I don't know if that's real, if that's something real happening in their body, or if that's just a psychological thing. Is this study just assuming that everybody this done reports before so that many, most people metabolize coffee basically the same way? Right. Well, and this study is suggesting that everybody is essentially a robot, that you can't help yourself. The way that you respond to what you consume is all dictated by genetic information. Oh, yeah. How well but do that's, you break down the... proteins from fish? That'll influence how much you like fish. I don't buy into that. I think that it has a lot more to do with your personal choices. And did your mom and dad make a fresh pot of coffee that smelled great every morning? And it was just something that was a part of the routine of your childhood. Or was it not? Maybe you were introduced to coffee in college and you were very fond of those memories. And so you invested in some equipment and you took the time to learn how to make it with the AeroPress or a pour over. And now you're you're glued to this thing because... It was a part of where you you formed your path to success and your life journey. And you, that's where you found your wife was at the coffee house. These things, I think, have more of an influence on your tastes in coffee, innocuous little things that just happen in passing, than whether or not your parents can genetically handle coffee and metabolize it, co- uh, caffeine quickly. Yeah. There's probably a podcast out there by by some people who are passionate about science or like the perfect steak or the perfect hamburger or and they and and they're in pursuit of the perfect hamburger and I can I can certainly you know make a hamburger at home grill it on the grill or whatever and enjoy it and really be passionate about it in the moment 
but I'm not gonna I'm not gonna do a podcast about it. I'm not gonna pursue the science of 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 hamburgers because it doesn't it doesn't um, turn me on. I guess I, I was looking for a different term, but it doesn't turn me on as much as as say coffee does. I don't think we can we can say everybody that that's ever got like a really good cup of coffee suddenly got got passionate about coffee to the extent that they're buying an AeroPress and they're I mean it is a very very small select group of people who who, who go that step and and start getting getting geeky about about their coffee that not everybody cares you know what I mean people will like it when they when they can get it but but they're not gonna they're not gonna go the extra expense and the extra mile to um, secure specialty coffee that was roasted within the last week or so. And you, you understand what I'm saying? Yes. It, it, it's not going to affect everybody the same way, even though they may put themselves in that, in that category and say, oh yeah, when I can get, when I can get a fresh roasted cup of coffee, I'll do it. I'll do it all day long, but they're not going to pursue it. You know, you think about how coffee has changed over the years. You flash back a hundred years ago or more, and you imagine the pioneers crossing the prairie they had their beans. Yeah. They maybe have some tack. They have some coffee. And they have to grind it on the spot. Who knows what they use to grind their yeah. coffee. And then they use some cloth to strain it. And then they have to boil some water over a campfire. And then they make a fresh cup of coffee and they share it there as the pioneers, the cowboys. That that was coffee to them. Yeah. And it was there. You may not even have bacon and eggs. But you, you, there was a good chance you had coffee mm-hmm. until you ran out. It tasted better than water. It tasted better than what you would find in the creek. Yeah. And you got, so you got your coffee. And I think that coffee has definitely been refined beyond a shadow of a doubt. What we drink today is oh, sure. delicious. Yeah. And you could argue with someone in the year 2500 – that the way we're making it today is still ideal, yeah. not knowing what new inventions right. lie in the future. Right. But maybe, just maybe, I think a lot of our coffee taste is influenced by invention and what's readily available, by your family and friends, what businesses are doing. I just think how you break down caffeine has very little to do with your taste of the thing. Like, I don't eat steak because my body is just craving some protein. You know, like, I eat steak because it is delicious. Right. It is socially an enjoyable experience. Right. And so... Because if I could afford it, I'd eat it every night. Uh, yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. It's delicious, right. man. And so it's not about the ingredient, per se. I, I think that it's actually overthinking of uh, overthinking it and oversimplifying it at the same time for the scientific community to draw these conclusions. I mean, let's face it, there's really no way to prove it wrong. You know what I mean? I mean, mm-hmm. it's 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 easy to state, but it's a whole other thing to to actually provide a a control group for that. Because if everybody metabolizes caffeine differently, then everybody in your control group is going to metabolize caffeine differently too. So it's it's hard. I think it's probably one of the factors because if 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 you psychologically think whether you, whether it's it's true or not that that you you drink a cup of coffee at three o'clock and you're going to be up all night, then it's going to influence your your drinking habits. You can blame it on your parents, you can blame it on your chemistry, whatever. But but it's still it still is it's a factor in your decision making. No, I see that. Caffeine does make the decision for you sometimes yeah. because you do need the pick me up, or you actually feel like you've had so much coffee that you're not getting the kick from the caffeine. Yeah. You've worn your ability down to actually benefit from it. But I think that those are little micro decisions. That's what you do today 
that's not something that influences whether or not you drink coffee year in and year out until you develop a medical condition. And yeah. your doctor says, watch what you do to your adrenaline, watch what you do to stimulants, and try to stay off of the caffeine, so stay off of the coffee. Yeah. I mean, if it causes your heart to race or something one time, you, know, you may be kind of skittish about trying it again. I, mean, I don't think that's the vast majority of the population, right. but, but I'm sure it, it influences some people. Hmm. Okay, so related to this topic was another subject I thought that we should talk about because it's very close to our heart and something that we've certainly talked about a lot, but we didn't have a lot of research for. This is available on Denver Business Journal. They say that coffee taste test finds 67% of people prefer the cheap stuff. So the proliferation of gourmet coffee in the United States, both at boutiques and at large chains like Starbucks, Dunkin' Donuts, seems to indicate Americans have developed a particular taste for expensive coffee. But what if it's not really the taste that's driving that demand? So then what they did is they got a lot of people there at the mall in New Jersey to try a couple of different coffees. They tried some fancy coffee, and then they tried others, the cheap stuff. And they said that the majority of the people preferred whatever they're calling the cheap stuff. Mm -hmm. So what they called the gourmet coffee was things like the Starbucks specialty you know, beans these days. They argued that that was the gourmet stuff. That was the good stuff. That was the premium stuff. The lesser of the beans was just, they didn't really say, they don't actually say in the article what it was, but they're drawing the conclusions and this is obviously going to influence the, the coffee market. This is what they're reporting and it, what the world has to bear as it concerns the coffee industry mm -hmm. and how it'll influence trade. So should investors invest big bucks in companies that want to offer more craft coffee? And if the research shows the majority of people are not interested in craft coffee, then maybe they should wait. Maybe they should hold off. So you're saying that, that, that they didn't really define what this is what we used as gourmet and then this is what we used as cheap? Well, that is a problem here because what they were calling gourmet was like the good stuff from Starbucks and Dunkin' Donuts. Imagine the premium coffee from Javalia and say, because it says it's premium on the label, that's what we're going to call craft coffee today. And we're going to pass that off as the expensive stuff. And then we're going to see what the yokels think of the expensive stuff and then compare it to something cheaper, like the regular Seattle's best whole, you know, ground stuff. Oh, so just because something store. costs more, it's, it's, it, ergo, it's premium. Right. Okay. Right. What annoyed me about the article is that they didn't go far enough. They introduced that problem. They were like, see, here's the thing. We think that the reason some people seem to prefer the expensive stuff is because of the air that comes with getting a $4 cup of coffee at Starbucks. But if you give people a blind taste test on this, you know, the corner of the mall and you say, which of these do you think tastes better? And money has nothing to do with it. The logo on the coffee cup sleeve has nothing to do with it. The people were saying 67% of the time, we actually like this one over here. And it was the cheaper of the two coffee beans. I don't think that they can, they're drawing a fair line here. Because they're, what they call craft coffee or what they call uh, gourmet coffee is misleading. You know, so, you know, you got your blue bottle, you got your Stumptown Roasters and Mista Box thrown in with the likes of big chains like Dunkin' Donuts. Mm -hmm. So if it's expensive, it's all the same. 
And if it's cheaper, it's all the same. And then you'd give a taste test at one mall and they're drawing massive conclusions here. Yeah. To my mind, that's not actually that's not actually comparing. It's not it's not good reporting. It's no. not good journalism. No. It's not well, research. Good journalism is, is really hard to come by these days. I mean, again, I'm gonna go back to what I think I say a lot on this on this show is that expectations drive drive realizations. What people expect, and that's that's again, that's what I thought the last article was gonna be about. You know, like what your expectations growing up, what defined coffee for you that's gonna influence your your habits. Um I think the same thing is is true here. I mean, most people don't buy craft coffee for their house. Well, craft coffee is still relatively new. It's relatively new. And it's new, not and it's available the countrywide. Yeah. Um, so the people that want it really want it, and they and they seek it out. It's not as readily available as a Dunkin' Donuts or a Starbucks or or other things like that. Not to say that's a that's a problem. I mean, if the market demands it, it will become available. Um, but the market hasn't got to the educational point where they where they know that 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 they want it. That's coming. I think it's going to take you know ten ten years or so. But until people actually understand what specialty coffee is and what they're saying that it is, um, what the roasters are saying that it is, it's in a different category. It's 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 something else. It's not it's not the same old same old. And oh whoa, you know we got our beans from Colombia last week, whereas you got them from two weeks ago. So we're better. And it's not it's not that at all. It's it has has to, has to do more with with roast profile and how you actually deal with the bean itself and and let let the bean speak rather than influ- uh, you know, um, imposing your view on this is what. I, I want the coffee to taste like so I'm gonna roast it I'm gonna roast it dark because that's that's what I think it needs to be and then you know let, let the chips fall where they may specialty coffee starts with the bean and lets the bean I mean it's it sounds kind of kind of artsy but it lets the bean speak and let let the bean tell you what it wants and 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 roast it to that to that level and let it sing um, most people aren't into that they're they're at least not yet you know they're they just they view coffee as this thing that I that I pour down my mouth in the morning to get going. It's not it's not about taste. It's about it's about the effect that it gives me more than anything else. Right. I, I think it reminds me a lot of organic goods because if you could have an an organic steak well prepared, it would over time maybe outshine the other stuff that you can get. Yeah. And the same would be true about all the ingredients in a salad and the dressing and whatever you're getting out of the potato chips. I mean, they even make, you know, gourmet organic potato chips these days. And they're frankly delicious. And I think that that's a lot about the market demand and the supply that the people who have already dove in, tried those things, and reaped the benefits because of how it influences their health for the better, yeah. are more likely to stay loyal to those products. Yeah. They're going to continue buying those products. They'll keep shopping at Whole Foods. Like there's a growing market for Whole Foods, and there's hundreds, thousands of people that shop there. Yeah. And they're opening up more stores every day. But there is still so much more of the grocery store market that's dominated by the mainstream that doesn't really concern themselves oh, yeah. with organic products. Right. So a lot of it has to do with whether or not it's available. I think if you took 100 people and maybe only five of them 
actually a shop at Whole Foods and then you were to ask them, tell us which of these dishes you prefer from a free sample in the store, well, you'd get a bad reading. You'd get a bad reading because – not because the Whole Foods food isn't good, but because it's unusual to their taste. Mm -hmm. So I think that there are too many variables to make – to use statistics to make a case for something here. Yeah. Because if you you give people that handcrafted coffee experience with a small lot of beans that are freshly roasted and they get to smell them when they're fresh and hear the crackle and they – they put their own hands to the grind, and then they brew the thing, they smell the thing, and they're vested in it. They're more likely to enjoy the experience time and again with the freshly roasted beans than from opening up a pack of Dunkin' Donuts beans yeah. or something from another brand that you know is neither here nor there that you pick up at the grocery store because you're going to smell the difference. You're going to see the difference of the beans – and then the taste, bitter, sour, who knows? You're going to notice that there are flavor profile differences that are inescapable between between the good stuff you're getting from the craft roaster like you and what you're getting from just the bag of beans at the local Starbucks. Yeah, I just don't think you can lump all the pricey coffee into one category because the pricey coffee would include Thrasher coffee as well as Starbucks. Mm-hmm. And this is no, they're they're different people. We're yeah. not suggesting that you go and buy all your beans from Starbucks. We're suggesting that you find a decent craft roaster like Blue Bottle or Mista Box or CraftCoffee.com. And you'll notice a difference because these are small lot beans. Yeah. And a lot more thought and observation went into these beans than the ones available from Seattle's Best or Starbucks. Yeah, and and I do believe that. I believe that the, that specialty coffee, in a sense, speaks for itself. You know, when you do a side by side comparison, they can taste the difference. They can taste now whether it's for them or not. Who knows? You know, I mean, everybody makes makes decisions based on all sorts of different variables, um, and and advertisers will tell you that the reason they they hit so hard during like the twenties and thirties or that that's the, that's the demographic they go after is because by the time people are 40, they're kind of set in their ways, but they're, they're usually, you know, brand loyal at that point. So they, when they go to get deodorant or they go to get, you know, canned corn or whatever, they'll, they'll essentially just go for the same thing because it's, it's what served them in the past and they, they don't, they don't see any reason to, to switch. But from the twenties, thirties, people are a little bit more adventurous and they're willing to try things like that. That's the time to try and get people to change. Getting them, to recognize the taste difference, I, th- I think is relatively easy. It's the it's the other commitment. This isn't as simple as going to the grocery store and buying. At least not, not now. This isn't as simple as going to the grocery store and buying this and 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 making it in your 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 Mister Coffee uh, machine at home. There's a little bit higher level of commitment. Are you willing to do that? And I, I don't know that right now that that the, the vast majority of the population is willing to do that. Right? Do you go to the meat department or do you go to the local butcher? Right. You know, as a general trend, I think we're moving back toward um, people wanting to find a local butcher and, you know, but that, that that's not a, you don't flip a switch and it's, it's suddenly now everybody does this now. It takes time and it's, and it's gradual. But I do think that, that in all sorts of areas, in, in, in furniture, in food. Well, entertainment. And, and it's, it's not influencing everybody, 
But again, I think I think maybe ten years from now we'll look back and think, oh, this you know, 2016, 2015 was a turning point, and yep. and now we're now we're moving more in that direction. I think this is going to do it for this week's episode, Eric. But I wanted to mention one other thing. We have been a part of a new network, a new podcast network for a whole week now. Oh yeah, and we haven't said anything about it. Well, it's because we haven't had a show for a week. That's right. See, last time I'm, I tagged it on in a little snippet I recorded special for episode 72. It just mentioned that we'd be available at nightowl.fm, the new network I started with my friend TJ Draper. Okay. But we haven't talked about it on the show. So we'll probably talk about it a little bit more next episode, um, just how it works, make reference to some of the other shows I think that our listeners might enjoy. Just wanted to point out that if you usually listen to Top Brew from the website, you may want to start, well, you may bookmark the website for nightowl.fm instead because the original website will be going away. And you'll get the show, all of the contents and show notes, all of the back archive at nightowl.fm. So we'll be on nightowl.fm slash topbrew? Is that how that Correct. Will? Okay. Mm-hmm. And any of the past guests, future guests, details about them, the show archive will be available there. All right. Onward and upward. Uh, the actual podcast player is something very special. I had a good hand in it in its design. And I, I think it looks very good. Oh. I think it's very nice to actually listen to one of the podcasts from the website. Very cool. Trying to make it better, but already it's pretty good. And nice. I, I like it more than I like some other podcast networks websites. Sounds good. I want to say thank you for listening to episode 73 of Top Brew. Remember to check out all the links to things that we discussed on this episode in the show notes. And we will see you next time. Thanks for listening to Top Brew. Top Brew.